seeing you all in person, and we're so looking forward to when we can all be together again. Bye. Bye. Hi everyone, this is Philip from the uh, evening service. Just wanted to uh, wish you all the best. Looking forward to seeing people again soon. So yeah, take care. Okay, hi, I'm Jenny from the 1045 service and the library. And um, it's lovely to see everybody online and we miss you and we hope to catch up soon. Uh, hi everyone, it's Ross here. Just picking up some uh, materials for the park ministry on Sunday. I uh, hope to see you in church one day soon. Bye for now. Hi, everyone. Hi. It's great that you've joined us today. Some of you are meeting in homes, while others of you, for the first time today, are meeting with a larger gathering in our church auditorium, which is really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. If you'd like to be part of one of those gatherings in our church auditorium at 8.45, 10.45 or 5.30 on a Sunday, all you need to do is make sure that you register in advance and you can do that through our e-newsletter or contacting the church office. There's also childminding at our 8.45 gathering as well. But it just reminds you, if you do want to take advantage of that, make sure you register your children um, in advance as well. Yeah, now some of you will prefer to meet in homes and that's perfectly fine. That's great. Uh, if you would like to actually join with a home gathering, uh, then be in contact with me, Stephen at ParamountaBaptist.com, and we'll see what we can arrange for that. Now, there was some exciting news this it week. sure was. We had another two babies born into our church family. Woo-hoo. So this is Isla Lohman. Congratulations to Michaela and Michael. And then on Thursday, uh, this is Zachary Greenland who was born. And our congratulations to Joanne and Richard. It's fantastic. You know, one of the highlights in our church calendar each year is uh, our Life in the Spirit course. Life in the Spirit is such a powerful um, nine weeks in our lives. And it really um, has us explore who the Holy Spirit is and just live our lives far more aligned to him. Every year, those who participate get really profoundly impacted by this course. Just want to share with you some of the comments from um, people who did this course last year. One said, Life in the Spirit was a wonderful wake up. Mm. Another said, It gave me a good understanding of the Holy Spirit and assured me that I can have a relationship with him. Another said, I feel like I now have confidence that I can be used by God and that he wants to use me. And another, I received an infilling on the retreat day like I have never experienced. I am seeing the impact on my life, my family and even my workplace. Life in the Spirit helped me prioritise my time alone with God. And life in the Spirit was very useful because I am a new Christian and I found answers to some of my questions. It's just fantastic, isn't it? It really is. So if you'd like to be part of this year's Life in the Spirit course, it's commencing on Wednesday the 29th of July in the evenings live at PBC. All you need to do, again, make sure you register through the e-newsletter. Yeah, and you can contact the church uh, church office as well. The other highlight for me this week uh, has been reading through some of the reflections that you've sent in. Uh, our Moving Forward Together questionnaire has just been super encouraging to be reading through. So thank you to everybody who took the time, either individually or as a family group or as a small group, to actually talk through and to think through those reflections. And if you haven't had an opportunity to do so yet, uh, we'd encourage you to do that. That would be really, really good. Now we're going to move into a, a time of prayer. So I encourage you uh, just to engage with this. Join us as we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. The power and the glory. Now and forever. Amen. 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 The Bible reading today comes from Luke, verse, uh, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her.
Yes, God, we declare that you are Lord. We speak it now. You, Jesus, are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is the declaration that we make as your sons and daughters. Thank you, God, for being so good. We praise your name.
Have you ever had the experience of finally taking some time off and managing to get away? And as you walk on the beach in what feels like forever, you finally have the space to stop and to slow down, uh, to leave behind the constant busyness and hurry and stress, the relentless pace of modern life. And as you listen to the gentle, constant waves, in a moment of sacred stillness, it's like your whole soul breathes a sigh of relief. And you're left with the question, why? Why was I living this way? How how did I get so busy? Well, my name's Travis, and welcome to our service today. So great to have you joining us. We are week two into a series called Living a Different Story, uh, where we're just going to explore some of the beautifully countercultural ways that Jesus invites us to live. You know, in Romans 12, we're called to not conform to the patterns of this world. You see, following Jesus invites us into a different way of being, a different way of behaving, a different way, pace, rhythm of living in this world. And that's what I want us to consider today. You know, at the beginning of our service, we read the story of Jesus, Martha and Mary. And it's not too hard to sympathize with Martha, is it? (laughs) We've all been in her shoes. Uh, So much to do, so little time to do it all in. Uh, We feel with her, don't we? We know what it is to carry stress in our bodies, to have our heart rate elevated as we just go from task to task to task, all the while feeling a sense of personal responsibility, like I have to do it all. And in response to her frustrations kind of spilling over towards her sister Mary, Jesus actually confronts her, both her attitude and her activity. It's a rebuke, a gentle one, but a rebuke nonetheless. And so Jesus pointedly says, Martha, Martha. And you can hear the level of familiarity and relationship that they have together, as well as Jesus' care and concern for Martha in this moment. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset by many things. Other translations translate this as you are upset and distracted by many things. You are anxious and busy with many things. Uh, And taken together, these two words are painting a picture of Martha's life. Both her inward and her outward life are full of agitation and stress and busyness. She's overextended. And because of that, she's missing out on what is right before her. And Jesus just calls her on it. You know, I I think in many ways, Martha is the poster child of modern life, isn't she? We are busy and distracted by many things, not always what is best or better for us. You know, we fight through traffic and we work long hours, we take work home and we work on weekends, and and that which we thought we'd do just as a a one-time thing quickly becomes our, our normal rhythm and way of life. Our diaries seem to fill up so quickly with church activities, extracurricular activities for our kids, social uh, outings, things that we felt that we had to say yes to when we probably didn't need to, and, and a whole bunch more. You know, we are constantly connected, which is great, but it has come at the cost of being constantly available and therefore constantly interruptible. And so we try and cram more and more and more into our lives and into our diaries, into our schedule. And the time for that which we say we value most gets squished off to the sides or perhaps even uh, off our rhythm entirely. Now, I don't know about you, but 
speaking for myself, I am not my best when I'm busy, when I'm stressed, when I'm overextended, when I'm exhausted, when I feel that my life is hanging by a thread. I'm not the best version of myself. Uh, And that idea of the fruits of the Spirit, I mean, I don't know, gentleness, patience, kindness, forbearance. Man, no one's got time for that when I'm living that way. And that idea that I would stop and I would slow and I would just listen and be aware of God's presence in my life. Man, when I'm really under the pump, that's going to have, I'm going to have to find time for that somewhere down the track. You know what I mean? And so here's my thesis for today. That busyness or hurry is the enemy of depth. I think when we find ourselves being rushed or being busy, hurrying or being overextended, uh, there's no room in our lives to cultivate depth in our relationships, in our relationship with God, in our relationship with ourselves and our understanding of what God is at work doing in us in this moment. And we're not fully present with the people that God has placed right in front of us. And we're not aware of our environment. We are simply rushing through life from one thing to the next, trying to desperately, like Martha, do it all and be responsible for it all. A guy called Greg McCowan, he challenges the prevailing way our world thinks. And he writes, if you believe that being busy and being overextended is evidence of productivity, then you probably believe that creating space to explore, to think, and to reflect should be kept to a minimum. Yet these very activities are the antidote to the non-essential busyness that infects so many of us. Rather than trivial diversions, they are critical to distinguishing what is actually a trivial diversion from what is truly essential. Uh, To put it another way, we are so busy being busy that we don't have the time or the space to think about how to be anything other than busy. And herein, I think, lies one of the gifts of a global pandemic that has forced us to cease from our regular activities and our regular commitments. I don't know how you've experienced the last couple of months of life. Um, I know some of you, it's, it's almost like a beautiful Sabbath experience where you've been forced to slow down and there's been some lovely rhythms that have been brought back into your life. Uh, I know others like myself are just as busy as we always have been, but it just looks different during this time. Uh, But what the opportunity is, is that our regular commitments, our regular rhythms have ceased, that it have hit pause. And now everyone is talking about what is a new normal? What does life look like as I sort of rebuild my normal patterns and rhythms? And it's a soft reset, a chance to actually think through, well, what rhythms do I want to build into my life? What commitments do I actually want to jealously guard? Where are some of the boundaries I want to put on the pace and the rhythm of my life? Do I just want to fill my life with constant noise and busyness and commitments? Or can there be a deliberateness to the pace and the rhythm of life, the things that I choose to have in my life that will be actually, well, they'll they'll be better and they'll help cultivate depth. So I've got a couple of questions that I'd really love you to reflect on and to actually wrestle with during this time. And the first one is this. Was my pre-COVID pace of life sustainable? Was it sustainable for my mental health? my physical health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, my relational health? 
was my pre-COVID, li- pre-COVID pace of life sustainable? And the second is, was my pre-COVID pace and rhythm cultivating depth in my relationships? Were they cultivating depth in my relationship with God, with myself, with those around me, with my environment? Or was I simply too busy to cultivate that level of depth? Now, at the moment, some of you are probably thinking, finally, a sermon that gives me permission to live a life of leisure. Fantastic. Amen. Hallelujah. Not so fast. Uh, Sorry to disappoint you, but what we read in the scriptures is that work itself and our ability to work are gifts from God, which means they're to be received with gratitude and stewarded well for his glory. Now, God himself, whose image we are made in, uh, models for us work, uh, productive work in in creating the world in, in Genesis chapter one, but also sustaining all that is. And we celebrate that our God is at work in all things for the good of those who love him. Uh, We see in Jesus uh, modeled an incredible work ethic as well. So there's this example in uh, Luke chapter 4, where Jesus has been teaching all day and ministering and doing all that kind of stuff. And Luke just records that at sunset, so at the very end of the day, all these sick and infirm people come out to see Jesus. And Jesus doesn't say, well, done my eight hours today, I'm clocking out and you'll have to wait till tomorrow. No, the scriptures records that he stays there and he heals each and every one of them. And as we read through the New Testament, there's some actually very pointed uh, warnings against living uh, idleness, uh, having, having an idle lifestyle. So let's think back to the example of Martha and Mary. I think often we can read this story and think that the choice is between activity or non-activity, when the choice is actually around what kind of activity we will allow to occupy our time, that we will invest in. The choice was between what activity was better, more important, and more valuable. Which of the activities would cultivate depth? And so for Mary, as she sits at the feet of Jesus, there is a relationship with Jesus that is continuing to deepen of the utmost importance. And she's allowing his teachings to actually take root in her heart and in her life in a profound way, in a way that's simply not possible uh, for Martha, who is this whirlwind of activity. Martha was busy and it was well-meaning, no doubt about it, but was possibly also unthinking as she lived that kind of frantic energy in that space. It was reactive, not proactive, and she misses out on what Jesus had to offer in that moment. I think herein lies the clue for us. It's about our choices. It's about how we control how our time is or isn't spent. When we think about Jesus, there's some words that just don't describe him. Uh, as far as I can see, hurried, overextended, frantic, stressed, reactive, people-pleasing. Would you use any of these words to describe Jesus? I wouldn't. It's certainly not what I read of as I read of his life through the Gospels. Right? And as followers of Jesus, we are learning to live and love like him. And Jesus models for us a a sustainable way of living with passion and purpose that continues to cultivate depth. 
you get this sense that Jesus is profoundly aware of who he is and what he's called to, what is going to be the most important thing in his life. And he proactively chooses to spend his time in those areas and maintains a healthy kind of boundary against anything that would distract him from that or come against him in that. So I referred to the story in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus heals people late into the night. Well, the story goes on and we read that the very next morning that he'd taken himself away from the crowds just to be with his father, just to be alone and to be with God. And the people are out looking for him and they've got a great plan for his day. They've got it all mapped out. And Jesus says, that's not what I'm called to. I'm called to take the good news of the kingdom to other towns. And so I'll be leaving and I'll be following what God wants for my life, not what your expectations are of me and my day. There's another great story in Luke chapter 18. We we read this often at, at dedications where there are some parents and they have children and they love their kids and their kids, their kids aren't sick. They're not demon possessed. They just love their kids and they want Jesus to bless them. And Jesus is, from external appearances, fairly busy uh, in his day. And so the disciples assume that he is too busy and they want to kind of jealously guard his time. They almost want to kind of protect uh, Jesus. He's so busy, he doesn't have time for this and that. And so they try uh, to dissuade the parents from coming up to Jesus with their children. And Jesus, seeing what is going on or perhaps being supernaturally aware of what is going on, says, whoa, 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 no, this is important. Let the children come to me. He was in control of his time. He he wasn't hurried and overextended to the point where he couldn't cultivate depth of relationship with those for whom God has placed before him. And you can obviously add in all the verses where Jesus goes up to a mountain to pray or he's sleeping in a boat where he's hanging out with his uh, inner team of disciples in a relaxed manner where they can ask him, hey, Jesus, what did you mean when you said that um, earlier today? You know, John Barnett said uh, once in a, in a sermon, you know, Jesus lived the perfect life. And I think we would all agree with that. He accomplished more than any human ever did. And yet Jesus was never in a hurry. He was purposed, but never pushed. He was focused, but never frantic. He was resolved, but never rushed. And so I've already asked two key questions about your pre-COVID life. And it really is to lead to the main question today, and that is, what are you going to build back into your new normal? And what will you protect and what boundaries will you set up around that which is truly important? How will you build sustainable pace and choose rhythms that facilitate depth in your new normal? We've been given the gift of a a soft reset. So how are you going to make the most of it? How are you going to build rhythms in your life that are sustainable, that are going to take you to the deep place, the deep place with God, uh, even yourself, uh, with those around you? I urge you to make the most of this time and this opportunity. Don't waste it. Don't go unthinkingly back to that hectic, frantic way of life that was the reality for so many of us. Uh, Before we finish, uh, allow me just to actually share just a little story from my own life, and maybe this will help. But about a fortnight ago, it was a Sunday, uh, I kind of came home, and I had one of these moments, one of these kind of waves on the beach moment where everything else got to melt away, and I actually experienced a a real wonderful sense of connectedness and and depth uh, with God and, and with myself. 
as I said, it was a Sunday. It's sort of been a super long day. I've been uh, here for about 11 hours and we've been filming and, and yeah, there's some really good stuff in there. Got to hear Steve's sermon live, got to hear the worship uh, live. One of the advantages of being behind the camera. Um, got to chat to everybody who came in to, to be filmed and I hung around with the young adults who were watching church online and got to even meet some new people, which was just absolutely brilliant. And I get home and I'm fixing dinner and my daughter, uh, Emily, she's upstairs and she's still not asleep, like like hour 45 after she went to bed, still not asleep. And it's one of those kind of nights where as a parent, you go, okay, we'll, we'll throw the rule book out the window. This kid just needs to sleep, so I'm going to go upstairs and she can fall asleep in my arms. So I go upstairs, grab her out of her cot, put her in my arms, say, no, we're not singing any more songs. You just need to go to sleep. And she nuzzles in and she's so tired, she goes to sleep straight away. So within a minute or two, she's in this deep sleep where I could easily have transferred her back to her cot. But I didn't. I just stayed there. It wasn't a huge amount of time, 10 minutes or so. Just relaxed, still, and it was a sacred moment for me. It's really hard to describe what that does in me. And maybe it doesn't make any sense to you at all, but those 10 minutes, they made me a better dad. And it wasn't because of what I was doing, but it was because of what that was doing in me. Sitting there quietly and still for 10 minutes, it made me a better husband. It made me want to be a better husband. It made me more aware of God's presence than, ironically, I had been all throughout the day. And it made me want to follow him even more. It made me want to live in that place of experiencing his kindness over my life all the time. Ten minutes was all it took, and I felt that I left that room a better human being, a better person. And I don't want to be so hurried and so rushed, so distracted that I miss these moments of sacredness that are possible every day throughout all of my life. I don't want to rush from day to day, event to event, diary responsibility to diary responsibility, all the way till I meet uh, Jesus face to face in heaven, only for him to look at me and say, oh, Travis, Travis, you were anxious and distracted by many things, but you could have chosen what was better. As your pastor... I don't want that for your lives either. There is an alternate way of being. And we have an opportunity as we step back into a new normal to live a different story. Maybe a slower story, a more deliberate story, a healthier story. A way of life that allows us to experience God and depth of relationship with each other that's simply not possible when we are rushing all the time. So we're going to allow a little bit of time in our service right now for you to reflect on this, maybe to journal, maybe to start thinking through some of the things that you will need to change. Or maybe you just want to be still and sit at the feet of Jesus. However you engage in this next time, as as Vic just uh, yeah blesses us with a few songs, I pray that God will meet you in it. Bless you.
Jesus, our Prince of Peace, we worship you.
Thank you, Travis, and thank you, Vicky. Uh, thank you for leading us uh, and leading the discussion uh, around this question of how we do life with a simplicity, with a, a rhythm that is really God-honoring. Really appreciated it. Yeah, so good. And hey, if you've joined us recently watching online, we would just love to hear from you and be able to make contact with you. So ways you can do that just below this video, or you can call us in the church office or email us. Um, just really appreciate everyone too has who's continued giving faithfully to the work of the gospel through PBC. Um, just your generous support is just enabling just an amazing work of God through our church. So thank you. Mm. 
Now, this video is about to stop, uh, but there are just two things that I would love for you to engage with beyond this video. Uh, the first is to take some of the questions that have been raised um, through what Travis has been saying and engage with them, to reflect with them or to have a conversation with others about them. Uh, the other is to actually take two really simple things in life, uh, to take bread and to take a cup and to remind yourself of the death of Jesus Christ for us. The bread is the symbol of his body broken for us and the cup reminds us of the new covenant that God has made with us. And so when this video stops, why don't you go uh, and take these elements uh, and share and to remember all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, remember, if you would like to be part of a larger gathering on the 12th of July, um, have a look in our e-newsletter or on our website uh, and register for that. God bless.